0: All right, welcome back to Technology for Business' Sake. And I'm sure a number of you know I'm a huge football fan. I live in the middle of the SEC. I'm in SEC country here in Atlanta, so football is big time here. I'm also a big Robert Griffin III Jr. fan. I've known about him for about three years, A lot before a lot of other people knew about him, before he won the Heisman, and definitely before he became the number one draft pick and is now leading the Washington Redskins to what could be a playoff spot. I was really fascinated to hear about the story of the campaign that went on for RG3 to win the Heisman at a recent event uh, with uh, Professor Jeff Tanner from Baylor, and he put me in contact with the guy that was really a part, a big part of the campaign to make RG3 the Heisman. So with me right now is Heath Nielsen, the Associate Athletic Director for Communications for, for Baylor University. Heath, thanks for joining me today.
1: On, thanks for having me.
0: Hey, I I am such a huge fan of RG three, and uh, I was really fascinated by the story when Jeff told us told us at this event a few weeks back here in Atlanta. But before we jump into how you kind of helped, really helped them become uh, the Heisman, maybe you could give us a little bit of your own personal background.
1: Okay, I uh, went to school at Utah State. um I'm from out west. Grew up in Arizona and California. School in SEC country. I spent four and a half years at Mississippi State, um, another couple years at New Mexico State in Las Cruces, and I've now been at Baylor for thirteen years.
0: Wow, that's great! And you got a little SEC background. That's always cool to to hear from uh, from here we are in Atlanta. Uh, but let me uh, ask you: Did you really ever think that uh, Robert Griffin III would become the Heisman? Um. Not knew, that he didn't have the the skills, just the thought of a Baylor some uh, a player from Baylor winning the Heisman.
1: That's pretty far fetched. <laughs> um, we knew early in his career that he was special. We knew he was a once in a ger- generation. We figured heading into his junior year, which became his final year, that he was going to get a lot of publicity, and we could kind of maximize on that publicity. But, to be honest, our goal all along was just to get him, you know, our pie in the uh, become a finalist and get him to New York, and then maybe use that that as a springboard for his senior year, um, and, and really make a, a big run at, at the at the trophy. But we never really imagined that that was possible.
0: So, when you decided, or, or maybe you could take us back to when uh, it was decided that, we need to help him. We need to do some kind of campaign. Uh, what, what was that like, making that, that call to say, what, what can we do to help this along?
1: Um, it's a little interesting that you, you asked that because uh, our, our head coach, Art Bryles, is, is a little bit old school in how he deals with um, publicity that necessarily like to single out um, individual players. And the few times that, you know, that we're forced to, you know, that we need to uh, put a player or two in a certain position, he always prefers to. So uh, myself as the PR guy, uh, I was in kind of a difficult situation where I knew I had a a kid who was really, really special who could bring us a lot of publicity. Um, But, you know, as a a sophomore, sophomore, you know, we didn't really do any kind of publicity and we, you know, kind of refrain from using the H word at all with, with Griffin, but it was before his junior year, the summer before his junior year, was able to, uh, you know, Coach Bryles and, and, and we made an all-out effort to, uh, you know, to as long as his play merited and as long as the team was, was doing well, you know, we were going to push him as hard as we could
0: talk about the branding the the actual brand RG3 that title that name <laughs> how did that come about and how important was that to the process
1: uh, i think it's i think it's huge um the actual that um that nickname i think will probably be debated around here for years <laughs> uh uh, I the, the first time I see it, the first documented evidence of anybody ever using that phrase, we here in town where uh, his freshman year, there was actually a thread started that said, you know, Robert Griffin third, you know, what are we going to call him? What You know, what's his nickname? It was actually the title of the thread. And about four or five posts down, somebody throws out, how about the, like, MB3, and they were talking about Marion Barber the third who played it uh, for the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. And I remember reading that thread way back in 08, and I love names. I think they're ratchy. I think people latch onto them. Um, I, as a PR guy, try to use them as much as possible, and his his was perfect. you know. And now it benefited us a little bit later on when – join our program, who was named Robert Griffin, and we actually had two Robert Griffins, not only on the same, not only both starters, but both starting out of the ball, so it made perfect sense. Oh, and from his freshman year, Griffin insisted that they put the Roman numeral three on his jersey, so it just kind of made sense on a lot of fronts that, you know, that RG3 his nickname. Now, it's not something that we ever called him, you know, nobody was... But it was something that we pushed a lot. You know, it was really easy to fit in a headline on a website, you know, or a little a little bullet. RG three does such and such. But I, I think that went a long way. I remember we played out of Wake Forest in his redshirt year, and we actually saw a quote from one of the the, the opposing players, one of the uh, Deacon players, who said, "We know this guy's good. He has a nickname," <laughs> which you know I thought was telling.
0: <laughs> That's kind of cool. Um well, you mentioned that he wanted he, he wanted the Roman numerals. What input did he have into this process? How how did he? Uh, what role did he play in this process?
1: You're speaking about the the campaign itself.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I know he was out throwing touchdowns and doing all the yeah, stuff on the yeah. field. But how? What role did he play, or or what decision making uh, piece did he play in the actual campaign?
1: Very little. Um, I think. He focused on uh winning ball games. Coach Bryles focused on the X's and O's and, and getting his team ready. And they kinda gave us just about carte blanche to uh to run the, the, the publicity side of and you know I think from time to time, you know, Robert just being in my office and seeing um seeing items or uh noticing, you know, what we were talking about, he he, he might have known a little bit what was going on. Uh, making um he stayed out of that
0: (laughs) that's really fascinating was there anything that took place that you heard from him and he said you know what that uh, i'm not sure about
1: that one." Uh, he rolled his eyes uh, (laughs) a little bit um over the course of well i don't know that he was ever you know, critiquing maybe our strategies. I think he got tired of of the interviews because one of our main pushes his junior year was, you know, get him uh, or or yeah, get him on with as many regional national people as possible. So we really wrote him hard. You know, phone interviews, radio interviews, um, particular Um, we had a weekly segment uh, that we we taped videos of him. Um, once a week, that we called thirty with the third, and we would typically bring in a teammate and have him fire for what was supposed to be thirty seconds. They all ran longer than that, <laughs> and uh, you know, sometimes I think he he maybe rolled his eyes a little bit about that. But the the guy is is remarkably a good, sp- and he's very mature. Um, so he he was he was special. Off the field as well, and that he was a dream to work with, and uh really kind of saw the bigger picture we, you know, about midway through the campaign no early on because it was part of our website, we began referring to him as an ambassador for the university hmm. or for you know for the program and the university as as a whole and that you know that was really i just kind of assumed that mantle, and, and he kind of realized how much benefit he could bring to you know Central Texas to Baylor University to Waco, and uh, and he was he was big enough. He you know, is such that that he can assume that mantle. So uh, he he was great to work with.
0: How about how did you get the the student population involved in the campaign? How did you kind of activate them, and what role did they play in this?
1: Uh, boy, they were great all along, you know. He, uh, you know, and obviously they gravitated to him, you know, early in his career. It, it was pretty common, you know, the RG3 chants throughout the games. It was neat because um, one of his one of his nickname iconic parts of him was that he was a big Superman fan, and people kind of referred to him as Superman. And it got it got to the point that our that our in-stadium band, our marching band, would actually play. Or to play the Superman theme song <laughs> um, or at least you know a brief snippet of it um, the fans were great the students were great with signs um you know Roman numeral threes were pretty much everywhere, but really the uh, probably the neatest thing we did all fall as we were promoting him that tapped into the students big was we had kind of a grassroots um, facebook uh I don't know, movement, I'll use that term to describe it. Um, Gentlemen on my staff came up with a completely unique idea in which we asked all of our fans to change their Facebook names and add a Roman numeral three to their name. (laughs) Well, uh, the idea was pretty simple, just make a little change, and then we called the movement Join the Third, Uh, ended up using a hashtag and using that on Twitter as well, but on Facebook, uh, you know, everyone. So you know, my wife, my son, we all became the thirds. And then, as you change that, you would go onto your Facebook page, and you would say, uh, "I've joined the third. and you'd link back to our website page that kind of extends the movement and just uh, kind of a little simple free thing. And it's a little bit scary. You do something like that because you don't know when you when you hatch the plan in the office you know, if you're gonna go home and twenty of you are gonna do this or if it's really uh, viral. So it was really cool when we, you know, the next morning, the next day, as hundreds and then thousands of people started changing their names and that the the real neat thing about that was it, it was a it was a nice tangible fan kind of stamp their approval and say, I'm with this person. You know, I I'm on board, he's my guy, uh, I'm in it and, you know, they could proudly kind of just proclaim that to the world or at least to the Facebook universe. (laughs) I've joined the third, and the students absolutely love that.
0: This is really cool because it sounds like it was a team effort, and seeing how he handles it, it sounds like it was also a team win.
1: Oh, uh, if you get a chance, go on YouTube and Google or or search, uh, you know, Griffin Heisman reaction or Waco Heisman reaction, and there are people have kind of spliced them together, edited them together, but it's basically just homemade uh, camera phone reactions to, to, to students and Waco residents watching the Heisman um, show, the announcement in 2011, and just the absolute euphoria and joy on this campus, which we've had a lot of down years, we've had bad things happen around here, and for something, you know, for somebody related to Baylor, of the greatest individual award in sports meant a whole lot, probably more than it would at a bigger school, at a big football tradition powerhouse school. It meant a bunch at Baylor University. Feel it. I, I, chill bumps. You know, just watching that video, of, of how it meant to, yeah, to us as a family and a team.
0: That's really cool because w- you, we can use all these technologies and social and and cloud to do a lot of things, but they're not nearly as effective unless you are doing it with people and for people that are genuinely good to get that kind of reaction, I think.
1: Yes, yeah. Uh, the, the fact that, that our candidate you know a, a likable charming you know good moral person you know with a great background humble person that uh, that was icing on and that that went a long way I'm convinced to him winning too you know if you've got you know if you're in my position and you're trying to hype a player who doesn't deal well with the media or doesn't treat people real well or is you know short uh with folks I th- as a, as a Heisman voter, that that whether or not they mean to, I think that factors in sometimes to some of these votes and how people, you know, look at athletes.
0: And I will say I think that's really a great testament to how social media can still work for somebody who is low-key and not necessarily seeking the fame but is good with people and motivates people to, to kind of help out in areas there. They may just not you know, be that strong in, it sounds like.
1: Yeah, I, I think you could probably make an argument that, you know, a shy person may not be shy if when they're uh, sending out a tweet or, you know, as, as their online personality. Um, now, that doesn't really apply for us because we kind of had a team of non-Robert Griffin people <laughs> doing a lot of the, you know, right. the social pushing. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that's a good point.
0: So the last thing I'll ask is because uh, this was it sounds like in, in every way you can measure it, it was a very successful campaign. Uh, but if there were anything uh, one or two things that you would do differently, knowing what you know now, are there any things that you would do differently?:
1: Boy, I've been um, before, and uh, nothing major i I'll, I'll be honest with you. Um, we tried a lot of things. Some of them didn't work on the wayside and kept charging forward. A lot of them did work, and you know we would we would maximize them. Um, you know we did a lot of stuff on Facebook, uh, a lot of stuff on Twitter. He had his own website. Um, uh, you know we to a certain extent, you know good timing, good fortune plays a part when when the big wins happened. You know, on national TV, how many people, obviously, how Rob and the team played. So, no, rewind and change anything, to be honest with you.
0: We had a great conversation with Heath Nielsen from Baylor University. Uh, Heath, if there are any places on the web that maybe people could learn more about the the campaign, how you guys helped to promote Robert, uh, where could they go?
1: Um, he still has a mic. What we called a microsite, which was uh, bu rg3 dot com. That was kind of, uh, launched right before the season. You know, um, one catch-all for everything related to RG three, and that's where all the videos went, links to all the articles, and. Probably be a good a, a good idea of what it looked like last fall. You know, it's kind of frozen in time. Probably stops around December of of last year. Um, I don't know that we've we've ever published any. Uh, I guess I've been out campaign, but th- those probably would not be located there.
0: Well, we'll definitely have people uh, check all that out because, to me, once again, uh, it's a fascinating uh, look at how you can help somebody who's already done all the work, but, is, but needs the little campaign push, how you can do it in a way that's comfortable for him and still be very successful. I think that's a, a great lesson. It, not everybody has to approach it the same way to be successful.
1: Yep, and the beauty of most times it's it's very low cost. You know, it's just a uh your creativity and and maybe a little man hours of monitoring and, and typing but uh it's free
0: you know you bring up one, a point how many people were on working with this uh with you on this
1: I, I the primary core group were about four of us in pr and two in video so i would say six
0: okay and any kind of budget you guys laid out for this
1: no, I, I was told from my superiors that we that we had some money to spend. We didn't go crazy. You know, there have been campaigns in the past. You know, I, I could point to, like, Joey Harrington at Oregon putting up...
0: Oh, that big billboard, billboard in Times Square, Square
1: right? <laughs> uh, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars. Um, I think the majority of our money, we spent a little bit on our website. We spent, you know, some on graphic design. And then we produced a little, uh, actually, six-card set of of promotional, you know, football cards that, you know, that cost a little bit to produce, not much at all, a little bit to ship, a little bit to design. But, you know, uh, told we stayed, you know, uh, less than five figures when it was all said and done. So wow. we kind of did it on the cheap, and then social was a big part of that.
0: That's awesome. Well, uh, once again, Heath, thanks for the time and sharing the story. And uh, you got the blueprint now, so the next uh, person who looks like they may be able to do it, Uh, and and it sounds like you already got another Robert Griffin. (laughs) You don't have to do a whole lot now.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yep, it's out there. I, I appreciate you having me on.
0: Okay, thanks a lot.
1: All right, take care.